Hello all and welcome to episode 7 of Two Psychs in Nikes. In this episode, Larry talks about the time he started business and the jobs he had prior to going it alone. And I talk about personality, how it can shape what we become in sport and business and how maybe it can help us make decisions about what's right or wrong for us. So I hope you enjoy episode 7. Hello all and welcome to episode 7 of Two Psychs in Nikes. I'm Jody, And I'm Larry. So if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Jody, and I'm a sports and performance psychology practitioner. It's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And Larry is studying psychotherapy. So that's where the name Two Psychs in Nikes came from. But we also are interested in a lot of other areas and Larry uh, for the last decade or so is a high-end memorabilia dealer and uh, music memorabilia mostly guitars and uh, outfits stage one outfits etc so we both that, that, this, that's what the, the podcast is generally about there's going to be stuff about current affairs and what's going on in the world and it'll be low-hearted so um, yeah how's things Larry what's the story yeah things are things are pretty good you know yourself you have your ups and downs yeah, we got another three weeks added on to. Uh, I think on you, you, you got it, and we got another three weeks added on to the kind of the isolation. But um, mm. I mean, this is this is when people are gonna start kind of going through. You know, like the first few weeks was almost like, oh man, I'm gonna paint the house and I'm gonna do all these yeah, great yeah. things, and maybe. And now, like, like you can sense that maybe people have to now start again like with this and and kind of actually think oh hold on all them things i was kind of jumping into how do you have to give this a bit of a longer a longer kind of um bending mm. in period so, so i was uh to change the subject completely over the weekend i was cooking and you might be able to relate to this my family when i was growing up but i don't know if it's just if it's a dublin thing if it's an Ireland thing they were mad into liver and kidneys like i don't know if you was you were growing up, you would have eaten them, would you? <laughs> it's funny, we just watched an episode, uh, myself and my partner watched an episode of Master Chef, and they were cooking livers. And I was telling my partner about how uh, my dad used to get that the odd time liver or kidney. <laughs> liver, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is nuts. I, like, I haven't brought this up for years. It was the last time I would have eaten it, would have been over 20 years ago and the funny thing is over the weekend because i thought about this i thought how does taste work so i looked up and um like the oh. the nose and the mouth is, is to do a taste right and the neurotransmitters send it up to the brain and you've got this little olfactory bulb up above your nose and all that's transmitted up into the brain and the brain processes it as taste and flavor right and mm. i was like how come when i think of liver right now yeah I, we can taste it. You can tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. But and feel it in the mouth, like, you, and would the you prefer if you would you prefer if you couldn't taste it? I would. I would. Yeah. Uh, no, because at least I know that I don't want it again. Like so, uh, I'm yeah. happy enough. It yeah. reminds me. Did you ever lick a battery? Were you ever as a child like lick the underneath of a battery or a railing? Yeah, yeah. You know, like garden railings. You know that kind of wet metal kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, a disclaimer: 
if you're listening to this, don't go out and lick a railings or lick a battery. It was something that might have happened when you were a child. But yeah, it was just something that sprang, sprang to mind. My family were mad about it, and it was somewhat, they'd be looking forward to bringing it in. Like, uh, no. They'd be all lapping it up. No, the texture, the taste, texture. I used to hate the smell of it. I'd smell it and be like, oh, now we're having liver for dinner. Like, there was yeah. nothing good about it. Like, I just didn't like it whatsoever, you know. Yeah, it was the same. When I came in and the smell of it in the pan, it made me just, oh, come on. Anything no, else? There's no texture to it. It's, it's, there's no bite to it. It's just like, it must be the cheapest meat in the butcher. Well, I'd say, what, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, when, probably when our parents were growing up, yeah. I mean, they, they probably made do, what, and it became part of their diet. But, mm. I mean, even my brother and sister are, are mad about it. Um, but no, yeah. once I was kind of old enough to make my own decisions, I, I stayed away from that. <laughs> but it's amazing. The power yeah. of the senses that I can still, if I just think about it, I can yeah. taste yeah. it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I know, so, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, even now as you're saying, I can, I get a sense of it for sure. Very distinctive. Very distinctive. Yeah. So, um, so what's the story, man? What's uh, what's happening this week? What, what did you want to hit us up with? Oh yeah, well, I was going to kind of share a bit about my experience um, with setting up my business and that kind of just that period of time and journey uh, of setting up my company because coincidentally. It happened, I set it up in a recession in around 2009. So, uh, like, we're, we're definitely in a rece- another recession now. It uh, looks like it's going to be worse than 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share my experience of that. Where, and what, up, to, up to that time, Larry, were you, were you doing it at all or were you doing something else completely? Or? I, no, I was, I was doing other stuff. So, I was, in 2009, I would have been 29 years of age. So, uh, I didn't do me leave insert, so I left school kind of like around 17 and, and kind of the start of sixth year or something like that. So I left school and then I, I would have had like countless amount of jobs, like job, I had this cycle that I'd go through, like I'd stay in a job for six months, leave it, have no job for two months, get psyched back up again and go look for another job, get that job. I was very good at finding jobs and getting jobs and interviews and things. But I had a lot of stuff going on and I couldn't hold down a job. That was the thing. Like, yeah. It's kind of like I was put, to put up a facade to get through the job, but the facade would only last for like six months. I couldn't maintain it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that went on for years, that cycle, uh, until I was working with one company and the owner was a nice guy and I was coming in late for work and all and he called me in the office and he was like, he said, look, Larry, like... Um, you're a nice guy, we really like you, you're great at your job and all, but if you don't come in on time and you, you know, aren't more reliable, I'm going to have to let you go, like, just nothing I can do about it. So when he said that to me, that's when I kind of thought, okay, uh, I don't want to lose this job. So I kind of pulled up my socks. Okay. And that was the first time that I ever kind of like, yeah, I took a bit more responsibility for being on time and going to bed early and all those things. Um, and then I, after that job, I got a job, uh, I was working, that was a printing company I was working for, for probably like four years or so. You did and well. I, huh? Yeah, I did well, compared to six months. And uh, then, I, then I started um, some education. Yeah, I, I went to evening, evening classes and was studying management. And then I got a job as a, 
as a, I applied for a job as an assistant manager in a tool hire company. And I worked for them for like uh, oh, seven years on and off. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of brought me up to, you know, around 2008, something like that. And it's a big decision to go alone. It's a, it's, a, it's a big move, isn't it, to, to step away from, from, from regular money? Well, the thing is, I didn't. I didn't. That's the thing. Like, So how it worked with me, like, was I, um, 2008, I was always, in my 20s, I had this book, so I was always trying to think of, uh, business ideas, like you know, so I always had a, a motivation to set me, set me on business, and um, I did want to be independent, and uh, yeah, so I was always thinking of ideas, and I shared them with my mom, and she'd get all excited about them, and then uh, I'd realise that for whatever reason it wasn't viable, you know, just wasn't viable, um, and then yeah, so. Then in like in 2008, 2009. That was just as we were getting into the thick of it. I remember um, yeah. kind of mid to late 08 was when like everybody started to cop on. It was going to be a tricky time. Yeah. yeah. But it took some time to kind of really hit home. Yeah. 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 A bit like this virus situation. You could see it in, as it was unfolding in each country. They were, it was kind of like the exact same thing would happen in each country. Same narrative. Yeah. yeah, so it takes time for people to register that, oh, yeah, okay, people are losing their jobs. I might lose my job or something, or it might affect me. Until it affect, when it affects you, yeah. it's like it's happening to someone else. It never yeah, happens. I think they get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was always looking for business ideas, and then I was in this job that I, I convinced some company to hire me as their national sales manager. So I was literally like running a company their Irish branch, they were based in the UK, and I was running their company in Ireland, I, got, I convinced them to hire me, but I was weighing over my head, I ended up like six months into the job, I was I was like, I can't, I can't handle this, it's too much, like, it's too much, I don't have the, the were, you, were you on the road, or were you based in an office, or what? Yeah, you know, I was all over Ireland, driving around in a Jeep, you know, right. uh, selling these big, massive pieces of equipment, and I had no engineering or technical know how and yeah, people, people be at some people love that but I, I it wouldn't suit me you know no people what was really stressful was being in front of someone and um, asking you things and you're like i don't i don't have a i don't have a clue that's true you're tr yeah you're, you only know what you know like yeah yeah and it was like uh, the the gap between me my current knowledge and knowing was like years you know, yeah. so there was no quick fix. So I left them, but at the, when I left them, I, I had like a loan out from the bank. I got a loan out for the bank to buy a property abroad. Getting the loan out for the bank, that, that's a story in itself. Like they were just, yeah. so remember you'd hear stories about banks giving money away. and they, they literally gave the money away to me. Like, you know, they told me to put something down on the form that wasn't true and things like that. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, that's amazing because in 2008, uh, myself and my partner went for a mortgage. And although you say that, and most people said you can't not get one, we tried on, on, on many occasions to get one and we couldn't. And we actually, at one stage, we had a deposit down on a new house and we couldn't get the mortgage. And it was funny because we were raging at the time because it was a nice property. It was 
we thought, oh, this, this is going to be great. And we didn't get it. And it turns out, like, now, here we are 12 years later, that that was like a little blessing, like what you talked about yeah. in episode six you were talking about it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were probably lucky not to get it, like... Yeah, we, 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 we really struck gold by not getting it, yeah? Although at the time we were a little bit down, but we got over it quick. But go on, sorry, come on. Yeah. So yeah, I got I had this loan. It was only a personal loan, but it was like the maximum amount you could get, like forty grand or something. So I I was in I, I had left that job, um, I had no income. So I think I signed on the doll and after leaving that job, and I had this big loan out, and um, I had some money in the bank. But after a few months, the I mean, there wasn't really much left in my bank account. Like, I was oh, in a bad way. I was, yeah, I was doing whatever I could to make some extra cash. I had to go to the bank and ask them, could I refinance the loan? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Of course we can. And I was thinking, oh, that's, that's crazy. I wasn't expecting such a positive response. Yeah. Um, but it's going to cost you an extra 5,000 euro to do so in interest. Oh. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, uh, that that's a rip off like compared to yeah. what the loan value like so my dad i asked my dad at the last minute i said ask my dad to help me out so he he gave me a loan of some money i had paid off a chunk of the loan so it was like i don't know 20 something grand i asked my dad and my dad wasn't rich right and he's like a po he was a postman you know and he used to work in construction um, so you ask a family member uh, something like that, you know, it's easy to say in passing, but it's hard to go to a parent or a brother. Or oh, yeah, say. like it's a massive amount of money to ask, like a major amount of money. Yeah, so my dad helped me out. My dad helped me out, got the loan off. My dad paid off the bank. So I owed the money down to my dad. It was, it, you know, obviously not as bad as owing money to a bank, but still like, you're like, I have my dad now to have to pay yeah. my dad back. How am I going to do that? So I ha- yeah. remember I had this plan made out for like five, it's going to take me five years uh, based on my current situation to pay him back. And it was like, a pr- it felt like a prison sentence. I was like, I'm going to have to work some job I don't like just to get, it was all about just getting the money in to pay off the, the, the loan. Yeah. And that's when I, that's when uh, Michael Jackson passed away and I had the, Kind of because I used to collect stuff when I was younger. I, I went online and I, I found out I was just looking for memorabilia basically. That's what I do. Like I buy stuff related to what I have interest in. And I wasn't a big Michael Jackson fan, but sure, who who didn't like Michael Jackson's music? Yeah, so anyway, I went, went the same once. When did he was it that long ago that he passed away? Yeah, 2009. Oh, can't believe it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So then I heard about an auction happening and um, I, I, I seen an opportunity for, the, the auction was basically selling memorabilia and it was selling for like tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I decided, it's just something clicked in my head. I thought, I, I think I'd be able to find those things that are on sale in that auction. I'd be able to find similar items or the same. That's what I, that's what I did. I, I, I kind of just, because I had like, when I was, I had quite like 10 years, over 10 years experience with memorabilia prior to that moment. I just kind of had the know-how. I, I could grasp what it was quite quickly. Like, it's not like now if you were to look at the stock market, you'd be like, what the hell, where do I start with this? 
Yeah, but if you have, if you, if you, and even even the property market or something like that, if you if you know if you've no history of looking at it, and all of a sudden you just want to go and buy a place, you're you're going to be up against it. Yeah, it's nice when you spend years always just having the law come, coming in and out, yeah. and then it's, it's almost again part of you, like yeah, 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 tip, tipping away, like. I, I, I decided, like, I just got a feeling, like, oh, I, think this, I think there might be an opportunity here. And uh, I went with that. I went with that, and I started tracking items down. And once I kind of got a, co- I got a couple of items, and I sold them on eBay. So that kind of gave me a taste, and it was like a little tester. And I was like, okay, they sold for a lot more money than what I bought them for. So, okay, that, that even gives me more reassurance that there's something to this. And then I decided to go full steam ahead. Did, I suppose, why did I want to mention the story today? It's probably because like we're in a recession now and I started my business and it's been a successful business. It's led to me being able to, for the last four years, completely work for myself. Um, I control my own time and money. Like, so there's lots of good benefits to it. By no means is it perfect, but there's benefits to it. And uh, like it's a, it's a recession now. So if it's possible for me, if it was possible for me to start up a successful business in the last recession, I think it's possible for anybody to set up a business now uh, in this recession that was just started. Like I think there's opportunities to be had when these type of things happen. Like as hard as it is, like, you know, there are opportunities, you know. And were you able to do that completely alone, or did you did you work with other people, or, or a friend, or a family member, or was it? Just, I'm just wondering because for people out there that are thinking, yeah. I'm a bit isolated, I'm a bit alone, I have this this hunch, or I'm very interested in an area, but I'm I'm a bit alone on it. Like I've been there, you've probably been there. Did you still did you get stuck in yourself, or, or what happened? I mean, primarily, I was doing I was this, what you'd call probably a solo entrepreneur. Yeah. But the one person consistent and all that would have been my mother, who I would have shared my ideas with. She was always, and still is, like she, she'd get excited with me, like you know. And she was, she always listened to what I have to say. So it was really important for me to, at the right time, share it with somebody who wasn't going to knock the idea. I think that's really important, like to share it with someone who's not going to start pointing out all these negative things. Even if they're correct in what they're saying, like in the coin in that creative process, you need some space to just share your idea and be excited about it, and not get bogged down with the practicalities and logistics of actually uh, executing the idea, uh, because that can just dampen the whole energy. And then, yeah, yeah. Usually, you're sharing it with them, not in the hope that they'll they'll tell you what won't work, but you're just sharing it because you're excited and it's just part of the human thing that you want to share, but you don't really want to hear the negatives because you've kind of made up your mind on it. Like, Yeah, you're not, like most people, like the majority of people are sensible and cop on and they know themselves if it's actually going to work or not, you know. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. it, it, a lot of us have the answers already within us, you know, but that's not to say it, it's, it's definitely worthwhile getting some advice from others. When, when you feel like the time is right to get advice. Yeah, I think advice is very important, but I also think uh, I, what was worked for me, like I wouldn't have this life I have um, and this existence if I had taken everyone's advice. And I'm talking, I went to business owners, parents, uh, like friends that would have had maybe different positions or were more educated. 
and we would have been advised to not do some of the things we've done in the last 20 years but I'm glad that we 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 kind of had our own journey and it's worked out amazing so like take the advice but also be prepared to go with your own kind of your own way yeah exactly exactly yeah that's that's brilliant man and also I'm going to just take the opportunity we're going to we're going to do a little education special um coming up in the next week or two um, of the podcast we myself and Larry have both gone back to to education uh, on more than one occasion and it has probably changed our trajectory so during this time when everybody's probably thinking about what the future holds maybe we can shed a bit of light on it so that'll be coming up in the next fortnight and uh, keep an eye out for it it'll be a bonus episode again I want to to discuss a little bit about personality this week it's it's kind of an interesting topic because we all have one and we're all born with certain personality traits which are like these stable kind of enduring traits and uh, and there's, there's there's a model that came out 30 years ago um by Digman in in 1995 factor model so what what he did he kind of took five of the main personality traits and kind of said that everything else would fit under these so it was a way of condensing um the, the theory so um you can use like ocean as the acronym so it would go like openness uh, conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism oh i got them i got them there so basically we all have we all have all or any or a makeup of these and because i'm in this sports performance and and corporate side of it um, it kind of it could lead you to know who be a good team player, maybe who might be a strong leader more so. Uh, in in I was when I was when I was looking back up the papers, I was thinking of a domestique and cycling, right? Which is basically the domestique and the cycling team yeah. is the one that is. Yeah, you're not. They're always there. They're yeah. grinding it out, but they don't take the glory usually. Yeah, and like. You know they're conscientious. That would be. That would I'd be, be a bit like that when I play football. The dom- the dom- What you can say, domestique. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, then you'd have. Then I was thinking an extra uh, uh, somebody that's highly extroverted and lo- and open, loves new experience, likes to uh, likes to have fun, very social. I was thinking the likes of like Ronaldinho really expressive on the pitch and off the pitch maybe gets himself into a bit of trouble sometimes but a very lovable likable person and mm. he just lives life full. now he just sprung to mind but you can probably it's and there's lots of personality tests you can do online and i i was never really into these things because i know who i am and i don't need to get a print out to say oh yeah you're you're a little bit extrovert but also a little bit introvert i know but at the same time, I did do one during college, and I found it quite quite cool because mm-hmm. it kind of did print out all the stuff that you you kind of think about yourself, and it gives you a mark. So like I could see that some things wouldn't be me, and some things are. So if 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 anyone listening wanted to ever do it, there's a lot of free ones where it takes five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, but it's nice to know what your makeup is, and maybe if you are involved in sport, they were saying a very interesting thing: coaches. So, say, say somebody like um, a striker or a dribbler in football. I'm just using football as an example, and they are very extrovert and they're slightly neurotic. They're they're a little bit self-obsessed. 
when they go into coaching, sometimes the problem is then they have to be altruistic. They, they have to be the one that is is not looking for any praise. They're mm-hmm. they're working on their athlete. Yeah. The problem is they've spent the last 20, 30 years being the center and so it's, it, that's why a lot of people don't make great coaches. Although you think, oh, they must know the game. Yeah, yeah. They must know their sport, you know. Or even, I suppose, even a business. You could be on this team and you, you feel like you're running the business and you're, you're doing a great job. And then you say, I'm going to go out on my own. And within 12 months, it just doesn't work because you're just not, you, you're not in sync with that. You're better as an employee, but working in a certain kind of role, you, you yeah. know, rather than... Your personality is kind of set up for that, is it? Yeah. yeah. That, like in that instance, that person, yeah, who tries to be the boss is like, it's just not working for some reason and it's because their personality, like, it's not that they can't change, but as it is, it's not quite suited. Yeah, you can you can adapt, but you'll still have those traits. Those, those are relatively stable. Like, they're part of you, you know, and yeah, of course you can work on them, but in a crunch situation or when your back's against the wall, they'll probably come out. And now I'm going to throw a little spanner in the works because uh, that's the science. But then when we, when we went on the road in the camper uh, two years ago, we were, we were like staying in places that we didn't, obviously we didn't have any entertainment. We weren't watching stuff. We were reading or playing games or walking the dog or whatever. So um, if we got an, a Wi-Fi connection in a cafe or something, we would download a podcast and then, at least that would give us some sort of entertainment when we were in the camper. So we got into a bit of astrology, and we'd never like I was like, "Come on, you know all this stuff," and you know I I take it or leave it. But um, I have to say, when you look at your natal chart, there's a huge there's a huge alignment and correlation with your personality test, and it's like, hmm, now is that pure coincidence for me i don't think it is because it was so accurate and then if you look at somebody else's and that's also accurate then i begin to think right hold on there's only so many times you can fluke this you know so it was just um you know i was listening to uh, the infinite monkey cage which is uh brian cox professor brian cox and he's obviously he's a professor and he's highly scientific minded and he doesn't give much weight to any other practices. Um, but I have to say, it's just, it's fascinating. The more you look at these things that my astrology chart and my actual scientific personality test were highly correlational. Like, what's, what's the story there? Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I thought. So I, it, it also... The more you look at all these things, I think, Larry, the more you say to yourself, well, right way, wrong way. There's no right, wrong, good, bad. It's just parts. It's just ingredients of your life. And like, mm-hmm. I think you've probably been on a bit of a journey the last few years, like myself. And the more you explore, the more you realize that uh, most things are valid, actually. Most people's way of looking at the world are val- is valid. And uh, I just found that really eye-opening now to, to see that. So... That was my little thing, and like I could go into detail about the the five factor model, but basically, like you fall into those five kind of categories, and it's it might be good for you to even do if if you've been asked maybe to be the to be the captain of your team, or you mm. maybe it's worth doing it just to go like doesn't really say I'd make a great captain, you know? 
um, or you, maybe you've been asked to come in coaching like um, as your career is coming to an end and you think, yeah, maybe. And then you might look at your personality test and say, yeah, you, you could be suited to it or maybe not. So it might just help in the decision. That's, that's, really, that's really all. You know. I have heard of um, the agreeableness. I heard, uh, what's his name, Peterson. First time was after fucking uh, going on my head, uh, but he talks about agreeableness a lot, and um, yeah, it's like the, the person who's um, yeah the kind of clues in the title. You know how agreeable are you? You know because sometimes the more agreeable you are, the easier it is for you to get on with people. So you're not you don't get too upset about what thing you know, people are saying, or you know it doesn't bother you too much, and your level of agreeableness will determine how. Uh, successfully are in social situations and things like that yeah, yeah so. So, it's, so it's good to be agreeable say if you're um, maybe if you're the captain and you can kind of get on with everyone but then if you're the coach and you have to cook people or if you have to tell people that they weren't good enough this week or whatever maybe trying to, to be agreeable with them like you have to be more maybe decisive in that situation so there's loads of little clues in them that that yeah. can give you a little, yeah, a little direction into what you're, what you're good or bad at or, or indifferent to. So, um, and it's fun. It's even fun to go, you know, take some of your favorite athletes or musicians or whatever, and maybe try and like even like try and put them in brackets of what you think they might be. You know, like like that thing with Ronaldinho or, um, sometimes people dope in sport. That's a person. That's down to their personality trait. You know. Sometimes somebody like that is more open to fun and new experiences. So then you're going almost doping. Does that come into that personality where if you're if you're open to new experience, that means you you might be great on the uh, on the pitch or whatever. But then you might be open to a little bit of bad decision making. So it's yeah, really yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, I would like to just also suggest again to people. Uh, we had a bonus episode up for Easter just here on Sunday. Uh, it was about Larry last week when we were recording episode six. The doorbell went and Larry got a package that he was waiting for for a good while. So if you haven't heard it, especially for sports fans, I think they might like it. Um, but it's a bit of a laugh, so you could go back and get that and listen. It was a bonus episode on Sunday. And yeah, we will, uh, I suppose we'll see you in two days' time. These come ticking fast when you're, when you're trying to get two, two a week done and a bonus as well. So listen, thank you very much tuning in don't forget to spread the word we're on youtube as well under two sites and likes um yeah if you like what we're doing you know i mean let your friends know let your family know a lot of people are looking for entertainment at the moment because they're all done with netflix and films and they've gone back to their box set yeah anything else there no that's it jody okay so uh, i will see you in a few days thanks again for tuning in and it's a good boy from me yeah take care